When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Wonderful. Great. How are you, Sir Cam? I'm doing pretty good. Because I know you're newly knighted. Uh, yeah, I was. Indeed. Um, I Not the first where. time, though. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Wait, is it Sir Sir? Do you get yeah. two Sirs yeah, if I you're do. knighted twice? Yeah, it's, it's pretty rad. You get to pick between either Sir Cam of many or Sir Cam a lot. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, I mean. So that's challenge mode, everyone. Thanks for dropping by. Yeah, just Cam here. Um, yeah, it's just Cam. <laughs> just, Cam. <laughs> just kidding. There's Jimmy here. Yeah, uh, Thomas yeah. is here, I guess. Hey, it's me. Yeah, it sure is. But um, really, yeah, it's good. I'm, yeah. Here, I'm here to shout my way to greatness. <sighs> Something you don't have to shout. You're just great. <laughs> Oh yeah, thanks, that's buddy. really cute. Thanks. You guys, you guys are my favorite couple. Oh, thank yeah. you. Hey, uh, I thought it would be fun to kind of discuss uh, just kind of how people think about games, like culturally. Um, I know this is kind of spurred from we went to uh, here in Kansas City. There's an arcade bar called Updown, which uh, kind of fucking rules. It's awesome. Um, it does rule. And if you're in the Midwest. There might be one in your city. There's yeah, one I think like there's, Des Moines, Minneapolis. Yeah, there's one in Minneapolis. St. Louis is sure. in the works. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's really great. Um, very kind of particular vibe. Just stacked and filled to the brim with like all these arcade cabinets and there's pinball machines. They've got like an N64 with a bunch of stuff in there. They have like a bunch of regular events and stuff. Uh, but the interesting thing that I've always noticed and has always kind of confused me a little bit, which I am lovingly referring to from here, uh, henceforth, hmm as the up-down conundrum is it's as somebody who's kind of been in that gaming in the gaming space for essentially my entire life uh well you're only 12 so i know it's not long deep voice for a 12 year old but you know (laughs) Uh, they you fucking do god damn it yes uh anyway like it, it was really interesting for me to kind of well, essentially, up down every weekend is like shoulder to shoulder packed. Like it is just almost near impossible to get in there and like find like a quiet place to like hang out and play games with your friends. It's like one of the places to go in Kansas City for people who don't even really care about games that much, which mm-hmm. I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know part of that might just be the kind of like whole vibe they have going on there because they show like parts of 80s movies, which I think is really cool. And there's always like really like kind of like 80s and 90s like wrestling clips playing on the tvs which is really cool Mm -hmm. and they're certainly selling that image they also have pizza which i haven't had but it's apparently they keep selling it yeah it's it's really good is it really good yeah it's good but just video games in my mind it's kind of hard and i recognize how like a big 
like it's a massive industry now like it's totally mainstream and almost every single person plays or has played a video game like in developed countries and it still feels like games are still like just this very niche thing and it's just really interesting for me to see kind of how popular and how like much of like being this like I'm saying like a whole lot because I'm trying to formulate my (laughs) words, but it's like the social center. It's like one of the social centers of Kansas City, which I think is really interesting. And I've only been up here for a couple of years now. So seeing that kind of thing is still really kind of new to me. And it's very interesting. Like, I tell you what, uh, I can give you a little background on Updown itself. Please do. Which would lead us to what it is today. So uh, Updown is on a corner in the crossroads. The crossroads... 15, 20 years ago, especially like 20 years ago, was nothing. There was nothing in the crossroads in the Arts District uh, except for some railroad tracks and, you know, some really cheap places that artists could live, right? Mm -hmm. So technically it was the Art District back then, kind of, but that was only because it was so shitty that, like, the only people who were going to live there are artists who have no money, right? So that's what that was. My uh, aunt and uncle used to live down there. And, uh, over time, um, there were some art studios that moved in. Eventually, there were breweries, which had a huge uh, draw for millennials. Um, so people started coming to First Friday more often. Uh, and it uh, after a while, it turned from being about the art and being more about the party for First Fridays. And uh, every month and then every year, uh, the crossroads really grew into what it is today. That's a very oversimplification of it. And, and First Fridays, for the, the people that don't know, I mean, are just every month, the very first Friday of each month, there's a big sort of community open door policy with a, a, a bunch of art shows with different people having things out and able to see their like, tables out for people to sell some handmade crafts and art pieces that they've made. And people can and, straight up, like I could show up. I mean, we actually have done this. I could show up just on the sidewalk with my table to to show off or sell whatever I've got. Mm-hmm. And like we did something with Pond and Pite, one of our local board game cafes here. Uh, like we, GGKC, I mean, did that with Pond and Pint. And then we uh, moved that over to Tapcade the next year. So we were out front uh, just playing games and, and uh, networking and all that stuff. Uh, but anybody can show up and sell whatever they've got. It could be jewelry. I mean, I've seen people just selling water, like straight up in the middle of the summer, just cool. making a buck off of bottles of water. But Anybody can come up there and it feels like a fair. The whole place is totally packed and uh, the people watching is great, which is always my favorite part. Um, lots of places to eat and drink and see art that like, I definitely would never, wise, never otherwise be down there and see. Um, but it, that's all great stuff. And then uh, these days, Updown exists where um, it's like in, it's centrally located in this area. You can get to it easily from just about anywhere else in the crossroads. Uh, or, or from downtown, but, uh, up down used to be hamburger Mary's, which was, uh, this, how do I, how do I describe hamburger Mary's? Uh, it's a restaurant. It's a restaurant that is all about like including the LGBT community. Gotcha. So they would have, uh, like drag nights all the time mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. And, and so they still do just they, a different area. Yeah. Uh, so they really made a name for themselves when Uptown, uh, or so when Hamburger Mary's was ready to move out, 
Uptown was ready to move in and everybody knew where that was going to be because it was where Hamburger Mary's used to be. Mm, And so that location is cool because it has a lot of indoor space. I had never been to Hamburger Mary's when I was younger because I wasn't even 21 yet. But uh, it's got this cool indoor area. It's got these cool outdoor patio areas. Like it's got a patio on the ground and then some decking up top. Uh, But all of this is to say that when they moved into this space, it you have a lot of room to spread out. So like on the weekends, it's shoulder to shoulder and it's tough. I don't even want to go there on the weekends because it's so packed. But uh, their, their clientele is all over the place. You've got, you know, your stereotypical nerds, but I would even say that they're in the minority there. You feel welcome. I, I honestly would too. Yeah. Uh, but you've got you've got all sorts of, uh, you've got men and women. You've got all sorts of ages, backgrounds. You've got just easily the most diverse um, I would I would say actually I think in all of Kansas City, if you go to Uptown on like a Saturday night, I think you'll see the most diverse customer base of of any nightlife in the whole city. It's really cool. Uh, it's very cool, and people can walk in, not care about video games at all. Like I've I've shown up. Of course, I do care about video games, but I've shown up there plenty of times where I never even played a single game. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be in an atmosphere that felt welcoming. So there are games going on. Uh, you know, as always, the people watching is great. Uh, but you've it, there's just hustle and bustle about it. But also, I can just go outside and hang out in whether it's cold weather, hot weather. Um, you can go out there to just hang out, and it allows you enough space to not care about the games. They've got like giant Jenga outside, but having that extra space, especially when there's decent weather, is so important because for those people who want to show up for the atmosphere, but maybe don't care about actually playing anything, like maybe they'll play Super Mario Brothers or. Uh, uh, the Crazy Taxi is another one of my favorites. Of course, Killer Queen is fantastic. The 10-player mm-hmm. 5v5 uh, game with just a joystick and one button. Um, but those are great. But having space for people who are maybe not familiar enough with this stuff to know what game they want to play or feel like they have to play a game, they can just go kick it outside on a table. Um, and, and I think that has so much to do with their success there. Because anybody feels like they belong in an area like that. And it's not because the staff like acted a certain way. Like if you go to Pawn and Pint, the board game place I mentioned before, I think one of the best parts about that place is uh, at the front desk and even wandering around or even now behind the bar. If you have a question about, hey, I don't know what to play. Can you recommend me something? Or, hey, I'm playing this game. I need help figuring out the rules. Pawn and Pint has people who come over and help you they're knowledgeable enough that they're pretty much going to have an answer for you as soon as they look at the game um that's a big benefit to them but uptown doesn't need that because they've just got arcades like they've got cabinets and it doesn't require their staff or anybody to check on you and make sure you're having fun playing mm-hmm. the game because you're going to be perfectly fine without it you're not reading a rule book you know yeah um and it, it just gets all these people in the door that I've n- I would have never, if you told me five years ago even, that these people would be packing the place. I mean, women in little black dresses and guys in in button up uh, collared shirts, mm-hmm. but also, you know, uh, a forty year old couple who clearly hasn't been in a place like this before, but they've got smiles on their faces and stuff, and uh, all sorts of people like musicians go there all the time after show. It's like lockdown it, is the place to be, but. Mm-hmm. It's all from top to bottom. It's a place you can show up with no barrier to entry. 
Um, and I really like that. Honestly, you could show up and just drink the beer and have the pizza, and it would still be worth it for that. Yeah, it definitely gives off a pretty kind of, like you said earlier, like a very welcoming environment. Like, I certainly never felt out of place, and that I don't know if that had something to do with the fact that there were just fucking video games everywhere, but just even just like sitting down and just like hanging out because there was like a period in the night whenever we all went out there that we were just bullshitting just at a table and it was kind of just fucking great and i think one of the things so i i agree with both of you i mean i i also really do enjoy up down and i think it's for uh, it could even be different reasons than you guys have even both mentioned um personally for me when i go to up down i love the the selection of the games that they have i mean all of the games are quality games that I would want to play, and it, even to the minutia of having like a Street Fighter II cabinet that's turbo, or a Street Fighter II Championship Edition right. cabinet, both in the, the building, different places, not next to each other, but in different places, but you have that option for the people that do know the differences. And I guess the nice thing about that too is that it, it all of their stuff is, they don't have, a, I hesitate to say like weird niche shit, but weird niche shit. Yeah. That, like all the stuff that is in there, you look at it and you're just like, yeah, that should be here. Like, like and we, it's stuff that people recognize. Like a lot of people know what Rampage is, or like a lot of people know what Crazy Taxi is. A lot of people know what, like even like the pinball machines, like they have an Iron Man pinball machine, or like people have heard of Gauntlet probably at one point. Mm-hmm. Or even, I don't know the name of the game that we played, but it was basically when you play it's through weird. <laughs> Contra, the, the first level of Contra, mm-hmm. you get through it, and then you're in this like almost, it's NES-style 8-bit, but 3D, so you're yeah. behind the camera, the camera's behind the character, like third person, and you're running 3D, like forward on that extra plane. Like, turn or something, to, it was... It was super like, strange. the knob to, yeah, it was... Yeah, it, yeah. but it's not something weird. that you'd expect to see, but right. it, was, it was fun and weird. It was fun. But yeah. they're, again, catering to that sort of audience. And while we were sitting up top, because they have a second level, you can walk up and uh, sit down at a table, and it's inside rather than outside, which also has a level above. But uh, we were just kind of looking and, and looking at all the people there, and that's when we started talking about how diverse everything is here and that's something that i think um is really wholesome is not the right word but very much wholesome i kind of get the point that you're trying to make it 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 just has this kind of warm fuzzy feeling like just everybody is just there and it's just like this kind of accidental community feel everybody is absolutely having a good time and you can see that right for whatever reason they're there they're watching the old 80s wwf videos or watching part of ferris Bueller on that other tv while throwing a ski ball Mm. you know or something like that and i think uh thomas you're you often run events around kansas city whether it be for just your own sake or with ggkc or however you go about it but you every wednesday run you know, strictly casual. And it's the same thing you're shooting for plug, because plug, plug, I plug, think plug, plug, plug. <laughs> that gaming doesn't have to be so inclusive. I think that there are, uh, gaming has come a long way since it has been invented. And we've already kind of mentioned on a different podcast as well, a different episode of our podcast here with Challenge Mode, but how gaming could have at the, in the olden days, back in the day, was about, you know, the score, like getting through the levels. And right. now it also can be about the experience. It could be about the single player story experience. It could be about the experience you have with three other people 
fighting against each other and throwing them off of a building with your green or red putty man or woman mm-hmm. and yeah. throwing them off. Or like, again, handing a controller to somebody and say, hey, this game is fun, give it a shot. And them actually completely enjoying it from whatever background they have, whether they're a gamer or not. Mm-hmm. And I think up down, that's the conundrum, I think, is that it, they do it really well. They, they blend those two types of perspectives and it's it's great. Yeah, calling it a magical place seems like a really weird like because you can just say everything is like a magical place, but it, there's something like you walk in and you just kind of just immediately get it, like just at your core. That, that's the only place I've ever understood. Like when when I hear people get all nostalgic for you know hanging out in the arcades in like the 80s and stuff, right? This place makes me understand what that is because as soon as you walk in, you're hit with the sounds of pinball. Like the sounds of Galaga, you know, yeah, yeah. so familiar ones you like hear, that. Like all of those ridiculously just over the top death sounds from all of the versions of Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Like you hear Smash Bros or Mario Kart playing on the giant projector behind you. And then and then you've got skee-ball going up, uh, which is obviously not a video game, but it's still in it's the still same fucking rad. Right. Is what it is. The one that always gets me is Donkey Kong when Mario jumps over the barrels. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do do do. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that noise always just that gets and me. If that's one of those things that if you're like kind of listening for it. Like, that's one of those things where you, like, walk into an arcade and then you start, like, listening and you start to, like, focus those noises a little bit. And you're just like, okay, cool. Well, I hear a Donkey Kong. I hear a Street Fighter. Like, you kind of, it, it checks all of the right boxes mm-hmm. and it has all of that good stuff. It just feels alive. Right. You know, it's got an electricity to it. Because that's uh, what they're powered by. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so something else. So uh, the one of the guys who runs shop over there. Uh, he was on a local podcast a while ago, and so he was talking about uh, how they decided when Up Down Up Down was really getting off its or getting on its feet, um, how they were going to design the the building as far as like what are we going to put on the walls, what are we going to put on the TVs, and what he had said was uh, that we don't ever want to have games on the television for sure, but also not really on the walls. We what we want. This stuff to give you a sense of nostalgia, but if you want games, we've we've got games. We already got them. We don't need to keep throwing them at you. You know, if you like games enough, you're gonna play them. You're not gonna watch the TV for video game related stuff. You're not coming in there to watch Super Mario Brothers the movie, which well, like why would they probably could like, play that? They, they totally I, they totally could. I, I'd watch that, but because that is in the realm of like badness, as a lot of the goofy, the campy '80s movies that they should sure. play. Sure, uh, but they they do. Old re- old school wrestling up there. They do, uh, you know, big scenes from a lot of goofy, like whether it's a real movie or a spoof movie or, you know. Or a goofy movie. <laughs> or a about goofy to movie. say that, damn it. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, they've got this Gosh. stuff going on. And yeah, the the idea of that, like I said, is that uh, you you've give everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Buddy, that sense of nostalgia where you just need to give them a little taste of that and you've got them hooked. You know, you come in, you're like, oh man, I haven't watched wrestling since I was a kid. Boom. Got him. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I haven't seen uh, whatever that movie the, um, with Snake Plissken, Escape from L.A. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen this in years, you know. And it's that nostalgia that, like, that's lightning in a bottle right there. And so once you come in and you get that spark and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this, this gives me a certain feeling. You know, this makes me feel this certain way I haven't felt in years. I feel like a kid again. And you've got people in there who are 25 year, years old. 35 years old, 45 years old, and everybody seems like they uh, belong there, but that they're comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen somebody who walked in, was just checking their phone uncomfortably and then left. You know, uh, there's always, there's always something for everybody, even with killer queen where 10 people can play, you need eight tokens. So technically not every person has to put in a token every time. Uh, what people would do when I used to play with the community a lot they just throw in tokens into a pot in the middle and whenever you need them you just grab them out of there and so all those guys go up down all the time uh guys and girls and they they already have a million tokens so they would just leave them behind and whoever the newbie was just goes home with a ton of tokens and it's like oh man that's a great way to get somebody to come back um so I, i really like that stuff and that's just a cool thing that would only happen because there are tokens which is definitely like an archaic you know, right, just kind of relic feeding, of feeding the past. Into that nostalgia a little. Yeah, but it works. And and like, you know, I've got a bag of tokens downstairs that it's not like I, I can feel use like them at this point, else. they're like the second currency of Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like almost every person I know has just a bag of up down tokens somewhere. I, I only have like four mm. just sitting on my counter in my apartment. There was a Royals game. Went to a baseball game, I don't know, six months ago. Mm. It was like, well, it doesn't matter. It's it it, when it was warm. And uh, I was the days. When was that? Yeah, they're coming again soon. Uh, well, one of my girlfriend's coworkers, uh, he he was in line. You know, we're getting ready to get our t- tickets scanned, and mm-hmm. we're emptying our pockets and all that stuff. And uh, I I had had an up down token in my pocket all day. Don't know how it got there, but I only had one. And I kept thinking about. It. I'm like, why? Why the hell do I have this thing? Like, why do I only have one? Like, in what scenario did I possibly only go home with one token? Or, you know, whatever. So I was thinking about that all day. And so we're, we're emptying our pockets. And, uh, and my girlfriend goes, but why do you have one up-down token in your pocket? And I turn and look at her. And she's not looking at me. She's not talking to me. She's talking to her friend, her coworker. And he also has <laughs> one up-down token in his pocket. And I, so I turn to him, I'm like, wait a minute, you too? And we hold him up. And, you know, we took a picture and stuff. But it was just like, man... Kansas City, right there. <laughs> and then the ticket holders, like, hey, come on, can we keep the dude, line going? Like, yeah, hey, right, you right. Do it. We go. got, we got places to be, dude. Um, I think, kind of, like, up down is fucking awesome. But I think one of the interesting things that I was thinking about a whole lot is just, sure, like, there's that nostalgic grab of that's just that appeal of like all of that '80s stuff and like early '90s stuff that's there that isn't necessarily about video games, but there are a lot of people who still absolutely call it a video game bar that don't necessarily, they're not people that I've ever known to have been like really big into like video games at all. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and I think 
you touched on like the nostalgia earlier. And I think a lot of that is doing a whole lot of work for kind of changing like their perception on like how I guess gamers are perceived, even that's a really weird thing to talk about right now. But I think it's really interesting that I just completely lost my train of thought again. (laughs) It's, it's really cool that, that stuff that isn't super important to them and isn't part of something isn't something that's like part of their daily life it still has that just kind of pull for them whenever they're like wanting to go out and have a good time like oh yeah i remember just like sitting at home and i would like oh i had an n64 we had an n64 in the family we had super mario 64 and then you like go to a bar and that's just playing there like that's really appealing and it's just interesting i feel like definitely the like attitudes towards games and like games culture has shifted for better or for worse um both inside that circle and outside that circle and i think i completely i just keep losing my train of thought but (laughs) i completely agree though yeah period i mean for sure uh i think thomas you were gonna you were talking to me briefly about jeff Keeley. Uh, could you go back into that because i I think the way that you were talking about jeff Keeley and what he's been doing for video games and and really moving it along into a different level of perception i think is in a nutshell what he's doing in a lot of different ways (laughs) (laughs) uh so something i like about jeff Keeley, he's the host of the video game awards uh, he's very involved with a bunch of ex- accessibility foundations, mm-hmm. uh, Able he's been Gamers, for a while too, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so Able Gamers is one of those, but he has always been a proponent of including everybody, like bringing everybody to the table and promoting the people who do that as well. And uh, you know, he he's a guy who I, I forget what he used to do before the Game Awards. Well, I remember working as a manager in a GameStop for a long time, probably. I mean, I started in like 2006 and was there for quite a while. But back in that time frame, he was actually like the the host of like the in-game closed circuit TV. Okay. So he would be like, hey, here's the next new game coming out from the claim developer Acclaim, I don't know, NBHM <laughs> yeah. 2019. I would buy um, that. I would too, actually. Yeah. I'd love NBA to do that. Uh, but no, he used to do that for at least a long time. I remember him. Yeah, I know before that, that I remember watching him like on, on some like review shows on G4. G4. And he, he, he was doing like games journalism. I know, like he's just like really mm-hmm. deep into all of that, but not necessarily something that was as visible as he has been lately. What's interesting is I always thought of him as just a kind of a tool, to be honest with you. Really? I'd yeah, and honestly, it took me a long time to come around on that. Even after he did the Game Awards, I was like, okay, so, well, let me back it up. Yeah. <laughs> let me back it up, because uh, he he created the Game Awards himself. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't do this with a foundation. He didn't create a business that, like, the Game Awards was something under their umbrella. He made the Game Awards and, and brought everybody who's involved with it to the table till it grew and grew and grew. And so that's difficult because uh, I, I think it was the Game Awards used to be the VGAs. I can't remember if those are two separate entities or if they changed branding. Because they were on Spike TV for a while. And that's yeah. when it was the VGA. It, yeah, and it was that, but then they quit doing that and he's just like, yeah, this isn't... Because it, it, it wasn't good. It, it, it was it just, pandering what, in a bad sense. What it was, it was people who did not play video games trying to appeal to people who played video games. Sure. And yes. it was so apparent. It was forced. Yeah. And uh-huh. 
I remember like maybe two or three neat things that happened during that. And that was about it. Like I can think of one or two highlights over like the five or six years they did that. Mm -hmm. Occasionally you'll still see that like kind of forced halfway forced stuff with like EA announcing Battlefront. And it's like here we've got, uh, uh, what's his name? Zach Efron. And, uh, (laughs) what's, what's his name? I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. Uh, we've got him here to play games and it's like, okay, maybe they do actually play games, but they look very out of place right now. Meanwhile, you've got Snoop Dogg and he's like, oh yeah, I got this. And it's funny because you can see when he's on camera, it's like, oh, he, he loves this stuff. Fun fact. Uh, he recently started his own gaming league. He did. And it does quote in, there is a direct quote in the press release that it's just like, yeah, smoke weed. We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. That's a very Snoop Dogg move. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So, uh, I... You know, you see those. I, I remember they just have celebrity after celebrity, and they'd be mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, we're announcing this game," and they do some little skit where it's like, "Oh, we're like the people in the game." And it's like, "Oh man, this really feels Kinda harkens like... back to those like just really uncomfortable E3 press conferences too." Exactly, like, and with so Joel McHale, because yes, mm. that was bad. That was bad, and so that was all born out of this idea that like, "Oh, there's money in gaming. We got to get into it." Right. But instead of finding people who are passionate about it and knew the lay of the land, they hired somebody to figure that out. Mm-hmm. You know, they hired somebody to do a lot of number crunching to figure out what had the most, the highest probability of success. And it's like, that's no, like you're doing this the most cold calculated way and it's failing over and over. And honestly, it's damaging the reputation of all of this stuff, because if this is what the awards look like, if this is the best that the industry has to offer, if anybody tunes into this, they're going to be like, wow, the industry is a joke. It's run by a bunch of kids. Right. You know, It feels very... It, it, it's basically just taking all of the passion out and it's clearly just like a shameless money grab. Yeah. And, and that stuff sucks. That does a lot of long-term damage. And, you know, I, I think I said it on Gamer Heroes last week that I, I'm glad that I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to, uh, like, qualify myself for liking games like or, or spending a lot of time playing games. Like, mm-hmm. I no longer have to, you know, if I, if I played Apex Legends for, like, four hours after work... I don't find myself in a position where I have to just justify that all the time. Right. Um, like, sure, maybe I maybe I do play too many video games, but now I'm not in a position where I feel like I'm a child talking about <clears throat> my hobby because, mm-hmm. like, I can talk. I work construction, and I can talk to people at work who know nothing about games. But these days, everybody knows somebody who knows something. So even like everybody in the office knows about Fortnite mm-hmm. to some degree. Uh, we even have a virtual reality place that opened up right across the street. And uh, the, on, uh, yesterday on my way out of work, um, it was after hours, and I was surprised to see one of my coworkers. And he's like, oh, yeah, we just checked out the virtual reality place. It was really cool. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. That's, like, it's, this, this is something that people would totally love to do, but it would be breaking out of their uh, routine, right? Like 10 years ago, it would have been a really hard sell mm-hmm. to get somebody to go into a virtual reality business where that's all they do. Because people, for example, from a construction company, no, they're not interested in that. But these days, like I was on our like party planning committee basically last year. And uh, on my way out, as this place was opening, I was like, man, I really want to find a way to get people to go over here because it's a great experience. But if you don't think you're going to like it, I mean, you got a bunch of good old boys from the country, you know, Oh, yeah, they really want to put on a video game headset. But the thing is, every year, that becomes more and more likely. Right. 
And it's nice now not having, like I said, to explain why I still play video games as an adult or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that impression is being changed from the awful one that we got from the VGAs to now what we get from TGA, which is a weird thing to say, the Game Awards, so TGAs. Uh, it's Jeff Keighley at the top running everything through, like he is fueled on passion. That dude clearly loves what he's doing and you can see it. Like he's giddy when he's on stage. And uh, like like you had mentioned, I when I first saw him, I was like, "Wow, this guy, this guy seems like a tool, just like all the other stuff was before." Mm-hmm. But it took me a while to realize, like, no, this is just his personality. He just expresses his excitement in a different way that I than I do. And it really took me a while to get on board with it because I was like, "Okay, there are things I like about this show, but this guy is just—he's overflowing with passion in a way that he's getting in his own way." And once I warmed up to it once i realized that that was just genuine that he nobody was paying him to do anything this was like he was just proud of what he did he was proud of making this show that now has really gained critical momentum um you know the first two three years it was kind of rough but now it's at a spot where it's a full production there's a ton of stuff i like about it um not just like oh the lighting was great which it was <laughs> this was, it was, it was pretty good. uh and oh there's a whole orchestra on stage but other stuff like uh, talking about the adaptive controller mm-hmm. from Microsoft, which um, you know we've we've talked about before, but basically it makes it so like, oh, are you missing fingers on your hand, or do you have like difficulties with motor control, or maybe you're colorblind? And there's all this stuff. Well, colorblind, the controller doesn't help that, but uh, it it helps with all these things. It allows people to play games who couldn't before. And the idea is that if you really work hard with the people who are trying to bring everybody to the table. Like if you work to bring, you know, I, I saw a comic that I liked recently that was a picture of a custodian shoveling snow off of the stairs to a school. And there, there's stairs and there's a ramp. They both have snow on them. And uh, a kid in a wheelchair says, hey, can you clean off, can you clear off the ramp? Because um, we're, all, we're all waiting, you know. And the guy, the custodian says, well, you're just going to have to wait. I'm going to clear off the stairs first because all these kids are waiting. Then I'll get to the ramp. And the kid says, well, if you clear off the ramp, then everybody can get up. Like it's the other, everybody else can't, mm-hmm. it's not like they can't use the stair or the, use the ramp. Right. Um, so if you philosophically clear off the ramp first, instead of getting the stairs first and then the ramp, everybody has access. Like you do all that legwork at the beginning and you've already solved your problem. Like you, you've solved problems that, you didn't know you had. And that philosophy of really helping the people who need the help, so uh, which means, number one, like giving a controller to people who need that adaptive controller, but also what Jeff Keighley does where he really, really supports those organizations that uh, make those moves, the, the nonprofits and all this, um, that is so critical for making the game industry a healthier place for everybody for designers developers for players and uh that i think that is doing a great deal uh it's doing a great service to the industry's perception of games Mm -hmm. or of gamers and uh the people who make games because it's it's just doing something that everybody like that stuff's not making uh i'm stumbling over my words the ad- adaptive controller, that's not a money grab by Microsoft. You know, they're doing this because they, I mean, it's good PR, no doubt. Yeah. But uh, they're not, it's not like they're making a ton of money off of 
people with disabilities, you know? This is a move that had to happen because somebody was passionate enough to really put some momentum behind something to make something great happen. And uh, that, like, I love more of that. I love that I don't have to say, I wish somebody would do this. I can now point to somebody and say, I want more people to do what he's doing. Like, I, I like seeing role models that, you know, this, is, this isn't just gaming, but a role model that you can point to to say, look, success isn't a dream. This guy did it. Let's do it just like he did. And I think that's inspiring to like game developers. I think like for local businesses, even I think uh, that kind of thing is just like, look, we want to bring everybody to the table. It, it just changes the perception of who are you trying to appeal to? And the answer should be everybody. That's actually why I wanted you to bring up Jeff Keighley, because he is heading that whole charge and he is helping uh, make note of the people that are doing that and are key figures in that. Um, you know, that's who these awards are going to. The people that are making these uh, games that, you know, are pushing the envelope, whether it be musically or even emotionally or thought provoking or, uh, think, like I said, thinking outside the box, talking about the adaptive controller. You know, they're, they're making note of these types of people that are absolutely the ones to influence more thoughts and different perspectives on gaming itself. And I think that's that's actually why I really like it as well. It's like, it, for example, I mean, they had the uh, the gentleman who was playing uh, the guitar for The Last of Us 2, like playing like the opening track. Like, mm -hmm. that's not something that they would have done 10 years ago, mm -hmm. right. like at all. They would not have even had somebody live playing a part of a video game soundtrack at the beginning of an award ceremony. Like, that's not... It just wasn't taken seriously enough for somebody to be like, yeah, we should spend money on that. Exactly. Or we should spend effort on this. Right. But now they're like, hey, this is an emotional piece of work that goes into this piece that's going to make people think. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't... It's, it's not fun crushing the skull of your old buddy down at the convenience store in The Last of Us. Like, you walk in and you it doesn't feel great. It's not fun. It's emotional and it's it's different and it gives you that different thought. And I think I definitely, like, you know, props to Jeff Keighley to bring it into that sort of actual, like, serious notion. It's not, like you said, I mean, it's not, we're not children trying to have a good time like this. This is, it could be an art piece. It could be a, a fun video game. It mm -hmm. could be an emotional experience to somebody. Mm -hmm. And then a, a... Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. A fun experience for somebody else. And I think that's great. So maybe, something... maybe that's what I like the most about mm -hmm. all that is that it, it makes me feel like I'm an adult, like who enjoys Absolutely. a thing and yeah. they treat me like an adult. Because I mean, essentially, like the medium has grown up with people like our age. Thing, whenever we were younger games were very much about like get the high score or like just get to the end of the level or just, here's like, a toy right exactly <laughs> and that's totally what those were about and like the more i kind of think about and just like different conversations i've had with a bunch of other people who like very casually like games or just are not a part of that particular scene they still kind of have that 
big mindset about like what games are and like kind of their purpose. Like I know a lot of people I, at this point, I would say most people in for lack of a better term, the gaming circle uh, recognize that it is essentially pushing the artist, pushing like the envelope as an art form. Like I think personally, I think it is up to this point, like the peak of human artistic achievement, because it's kind of a collection of all of them, but you have the interactivity bundled on top of that so it's very experiential mm -hmm. instead of just like getting what you think you get both of the author's like intent but you also get like your own personal feelings and two people can experience it very differently it's very cool but i think a lot of people kind of outside that scene that aren't as familiar with a lot of games that really push that envelope still very much view it as well i think probably the best example of a very public facing thing lately is esports and i think a lot of people view it like still have that kind of not necessarily like it's a bad way because there are certainly games like this like oh well like i, I mentioned to people that i was going to be like hopping on like gamer heroes our other show or like doing another show and people were like just immediately were just like oh so you're just gonna like give like tips and tricks on like how to get better mm -hmm. or like <laughs> are you gonna like talk about like stuff like that and i'm like no and i kind of explained them to i kind of explained like no we want to like talk about like news and all the stuff going on and all this other stuff and like going into like artistic merit and things like that and different topics and they they just never even considered it just because mm -hmm. they're not necessarily part of that culture so yeah. they never really kind of had that kind of grow up alongside them it did but they were very parallel and they kind of never intersected so and they never saw they're the probably not friends with an adult who likes games and that's also entirely possible or like maybe they are but they just don't understand it well it's really funny because i actually had the same exact situation happen because i was at work and you know, a buddy of mine that sits next to me i looked over and i was like hey you know i'm we're working on a podcast uh, about gaming i mean what kind of topics would you want to be listening to what would you want to hear mm. and he said the exact same thing he was like i, I don't know like kind of walk walkthroughs like would you walk me right. through how to beat a game or like tips and tricks and mm -hmm. stuff i'm like well no and, and did the exact same thing you did said no we're we're talking about things like perception in general mm -hmm. i mean is this now an art form that's going to be worth it in 10 years i don't know just like talking to him about those different things and yeah he had never even it had even crossed his mind yeah same same crazy. story talking to my coworker, and he said like you know what do you what do you talk about it's like you talk about video games but like what do you just play them and then you know, he he thought that we played them with a microphone next to us and so that it would basically be mm. a quick look that we think of except with no video so it would only be you basically as well be in party chat on mm -hmm. you know discord or, or something uh so i thought that was funny but i'm like no no we you know the main thing is like news there's always news and he's like there's there's like enough news every week yeah like how can there be yeah. enough stuff to talk about and i'm like oh man <laughs> <laughs> like let me tell you tell you about this company called google uh <laughs> yeah well, it's 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 really interesting to kind of see that divide and i think that kind of makes what up down is kind of going back to that make a little bit more sense because it's like all of the games there they're not like super emotionally charged like they're like a lot of that stuff is like a lot of stuff that people maybe played when they were younger or they were stuff that is like okay well you played pac-man you know right sure now it's four-player pac-man cool Dude, okay well you played rampage or mm -hmm. you played like donkey kong or like street fighter like they're very like bite-sized 
like games that you can get better at. They're like chasing high scores games. They're very like sit around, play this kind of dumb thing with your buddies kind of thing. And I think that really that part of games is, I think, first of all, always going to have appeal because that's just fun. Like that's just plain and Mm -hmm. simple. But I think that's why that brings in so many people that are not really part of that culture. So I, so something I love, I've been thinking about this a lot the past couple months, actually. I was over at Tapcade, mm-hmm. uh, which is similar, similar story, like Tap House, arcade games. It's got a movie theater uh, where we do a bunch of our events. And I was there for one of our events, right? So I'm just walking through. I was in and out the front door a bunch of times. And I'm walking in, and there are these kids. They're, I'm bad with ages, but I don't know, eight, maybe? 37. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, so they're little kids, and uh, they... They were there for a birthday party, which was clear by the like balloons and stuff. Definitely thirty-seven, yeah. Definitely thirty-seven. I'd, I'd do it. Yeah, and uh, do it. The, there's a mom there, right? And there's there's a one boy, three other kids, and a mom. And the mom ends up like holding, grabbing one of the kids' hands, and being like, "All right, boy's name here. Uh, you know, time to quit playing. We got to open your presents." And the words out of his mouth were, "Oh, do I have to open them now?" Because he didn't want to leave the game. So he was playing Turtles in Time, and he was ready to go, dude. That kid was he having was. a blast. Hell yeah, he was. And just hearing him say that, it was like, man, these are good-ass games. Like, this, you know, just because we have the AAA games of today doesn't mean that those old games are not good. And so to see such a little kid, ha- like, playing this game that so many people our age are nostalgic for, to still see that little kid having as much fun as I know a lot of our peers did... It's like, man, that's that's pretty cool. It's a testament to the uh, re- the resilience of these games. Or, you know, is resilience the right word? Yeah. But uh, Yeah, they absolutely stand the test of time. Yeah. Like, they are, like, how you consider any other, like, what you would imagine good art in any other medium. Like, a lot of songs that are, like, on, quote, like, classic rock that you still hear on the radio, like, those have stood the test of time. And this this is essentially, like, that exact same thing. Like, Turtles in Time is always going to be something that people remember and like playing, and it's just fucking good. Well, and he was probably really far into it because he picked Donatello. No doubt. he just... Yeah, that's fair. He just rules. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I really like that stuff. I just, I love that, you know, even uh, Fix-It Felix, which is from the movie Wreck-It Ralph, right? That made the rounds around KC a while ago, and that had me thinking about how like same with this conversation of like okay so are games for kids or adults it's like well depending on what game you're making both and uh fix it felix was you know it's obviously a harken back to the oldies but it's a brand new game you know it was made this decade and it was fun it was great it was, it was really my favorite fun. game at both of those places did that make it out to Kansas city i think that was mm-hmm. before i got here and i'm honestly fucking yeah. both. i never got and to look, play I, that i wish they'd bring it back because really that's besides killer queen at uptown that's my favorite <sighs> arcade game i've think i've ever played uh but it's just cool because playing that because same with like a pixar movie or something you know movies have understood for a long time that if you make a good movie it can appeal to kids and adults just the same Mm -hmm. you know and games uh games have been doing that for a long time but now like we've grown up like our generation has grown up on the games now we're making the games and we're turning around and taking all these lessons that we've learned you know that the movie industry learned ages ago and, uh, and we're making really quality products that you can really pitch to anybody. I mean, Smash Bros, look at that. Anybody can play that game. And you recognize the characters. It really doesn't matter how old or young you are. Yeah. 
and uh, it's, it's nice to see these things. I mean, the, the industry has matured in a way that uh, is good. It's healthy in a lot of ways where you can see old, uh, old gameplay mechanics or marketing techniques. You can see how those have turned into something today where maybe they're very different or very similar. Um, but it all seems like pretty positive change. And, and what this really means, like seeing, uh, I remember seeing a Halo commercial back in like 2011 for Halo Reach, uh, seeing that in the Super Bowl. And I was like, hell yeah, like this is great. I, I love seeing a video game on the, at the big game, you know? And uh, that just, just feels really cool. Like seeing a, a video game world premiere on TV when I know everyone's watching, it's just like, oh yeah, this is a cool little milestone. Yeah, I, I had like kind of the same feeling whenever uh, Pokemon did their 20th anniversary that year they put out a 20th anniversary trailer and like everybody at the Super Bowl party was like yeah this is cool and I'm over here just fucking bawling oh. my eyes out <laughs> like oh my god this is so beautiful it's like this is a Super Bowl party and I'm crying well that's the thing too I mean back back to your up down conundrum Cam uh Looking Trademarked down, Cam Koenig. Uh, yeah, by the way, 2019. Up down conundrum. Uh, uh, original content. Please do not steal. Yeah, Cam conundrum. Yeah, yeah. Canon, Cam. Yeah, I'm not gonna try. But <laughs> so you're at the table, and I was looking down, and you know, I I see. I mean, I'm kind of stereotyping a little bit. So sorry, but there's like a guy that could potentially, uh, or gal, doesn't matter. Uh, could be really into Call of Duty. They're enjoying a beer with some friends, and then you look over, and there's somebody really into uh, Turtles in Time. Is a great example because it's a great mm -hmm. game. It's also an up down. And also enjoying the same beer, or for example, and completely different people. They probably don't know each other. Completely different ages, still in the same place, same building, having a great time, enjoying two separate things. And yeah, I mean, still just having a great time. So and welcoming. Uh, I I know that we're going to talk about Stadia at uh, on the Gamer Heroes next week, but I have been thinking about how like. We, we talked about how uh, you can watch esports with your own camera angle because the games live on their servers. Um, I really see potential in that same vein for, uh, like right now, if you have a save on, well, let's, let's say I'm playing Celeste here, right? And for some reason, this video game bar I'm at, like with, with uh, consoles in it and PCs and stuff, Let's say I go there and I and they have Celeste for some reason. That would be great if they had it. Uh, <laughs> I'd play that. But if it's if it's with the Stadia business, then they don't have to download the game onto their uh, their hardware. Which means when I roll up to a place like that, I can just tell Google servers, "Hey, give me the game," and then I'll have it really fast, and I'll have my save file as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that could be the answer to bringing couch co-op back for real. Because we we see local multiplayer and and social gaming with arcade cabinets and stuff uh, like the old the old school stuff making a return right so with uh, the barcades across the nation I mean the the big sell is like anybody can enjoy these whether or not you played them when you were younger uh, and now you're rubbing elbows with buddies hey you just made new friends you know that stuff's great but it does it hasn't applied to console gaming yet in the same way. And it's hard to emulate that because your nostalgia is a big part of that. And unless you have an N64, uh, you know, or you have like an SNES or, or an Atari in, in house, which you're probably not going to have, uh, it's really hard to emulate that stuff. But if the future of gaming is this Stadia thing, then I imagine like, imagine you had a Buffalo Wild Wings, but instead of rolling up to watch football, 
you rolled up to watch some esports. Okay, you got some up there, and then down here at your table, you've got like a monitor that you can just do 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 boot up whatever console game or PC game you're trying to play. And right then and there, you can hand the controller across the t across the table, and now you are rubbing elbows. You're playing local multiplayer with whatever you had with your own login or whatever that you'd normally use at home. Because, you know, you could technically do that at game cafes and stuff where you load up your Xbox Live gamer tag onto a USB stick and you can carry it with you. But that's not easy. I know there's also uh, specifically over in like Japan and Korea and like your Eastern Asian countries. I know a lot of the arcades like those games are connected to the network and you can like your progress or like your records and stuff like that can carry over to your account like can sign into a game and then it pulls your scores down and all of that stuff which i think is really neat there. it reminds me of uh it, there's a local arcade slash putt putt you know mini golf mm-hmm. place in independence here about 10 minutes outside of downtown kansas city and this was probably man 2003 maybe 2002 or something and they had an addition an initial d cabinet and this racing game is super, mm-hmm. I mean, anime racing where you're drifting around corners. And uh, they had a telephone number pad on the side. And you actually punched in your specific code number and it printed off a card. Like it almost looked like a driver's license. Right. And that saved all your progress. So you could always keep your specific car, your customized car on this card. And every time you went back in, you put in your quarters, swiped your card, and there's your vehicle. And you can then hit the, the streets that with cool. really fun one by cool. one. And it's one of the best things that, I mean, I loved going to that place for that and TDR. But again, I mean, how simple would it be if you didn't have to carry that card? Mm-hmm. You could just go to that arcade. For sure. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Here I am. Let's get the game that I own, but I can access anywhere or something. Yes, we've seen the return of arcade cabinets. Um, The rhythm games like DDR and all that good stuff is seems like it's as strong as ever. I mean, not maybe like back in its heyday, but I hear a lot more about rhythm game hardware than I ever used to. Uh, It's 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 still something that's pretty niche for sure, but I think it kind of always will be yeah honestly. i mean much like pinball and a lot of the like more hardcore like rhythm games and like super specific hard to find pinball machines too mm-hmm. like that's all going to be like this like kind of nestled part of this community that you can like kind of break into but they're not really yeah meant for casual play so like my what i want to see is so there's this pendulum swing where like 80s arcades were big even in the early 90s and stuff i don't know really what the end of that heyday would have been fun factory yeah was the end i i think between like 2000 and maybe 2000 i even want to go as late as like 15 maybe like 12 somewhere around there uh pretty much a drought because uh near the beginning of this decade people started to realize like oh we People will come out to play games and to watch games and stuff. We just got to figure out how to do it. So it took people a while to figure out how to do it. Uh, but that was that pendulum swing. It was big then, and then it was not for a while. There weren't really arcades to go to. There was Dave and Buster's and stuff, but that's not that's not that same thing. It's fucking expensive, too. Yes, it is. It's not if you only go and play that crazy Star Wars experience. I'm pretty much just going one, to so. Dave and Buster's for Guitar Hero Arcade. I'm not going to lie to you. So that's, that's it. That's the only reason. Yeah, but I guess I, I understand the point there, but um, I've even talked, I've had a few conversations with some friends that, um, you know, they're really, they may have played like 
Dance Dance Revolution a long time ago and then didn't really realize, but hey, this is actually a really quick, fun, easy way to work out. Mm -hmm. So why not get an, an actual physical unit, like a cabinet, somewhere whether it be you know a, a basement or whatever and just work out with it and it's fun and it's exciting mm-hmm. and it's yeah you could do virtual reality is doing that yeah too. yeah i was mm-hmm. about to say like that's not necessarily super cost effective right now but at, over time that's going to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and that's going to be like something you can totally do to like get your exercise on and so i know for example i mean Which with finally people won't just be wasting their time with video games <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so to Thomas's point here was strictly casual that that Wednesday gaming event and handing the controller to somebody that plug 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 is going to actually go <laughs> and you. play uh, and hasn't played a game before. I uh, over New Year's, I mean, I have a PlayStation VR and I was having some people that uh, I've been friends with for a long time, but they had never tried it. I was like, hey, yeah, do this, try this, and we just had like carnival games up. You know, the you have the your PlayStation Move controller that looks like a, a flashlight slash microphone put together, and you're pressing the trigger button and throwing the 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 softball at the milk bottles that you would at the carnival, or it, there's a different whole different side of it where you're doing a rock obstacle climbing course i'm still salty that that thing kept dropping me through the i grabbed on the rope and it was like no you did not yeah I'm like no he was too close he kept getting super into the game yeah i kept bonking my head on a place that did that. not want me to Can't bonk my that. head can't do that but i mean just seeing how that i mean it, taking the headset off of them and they're like wow that was crazy whenever they're done i want another shot you know yeah, they, yeah. they did not want to keep you know, giving it up. Well, and it was funny too, because I remember you, you'd said something to me, which I t- agree with. Maybe I made this up in my head, but you're like, Hey, I want, I want to break out the PlayStation, but I need somebody to go first. Yeah. And I was like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Because totally, you, you know, I don't remember if you did ask the room, but if you would have asked the room, you'd be like, Hey, who wants to try this first? Probably nobody would have said anything mm-hmm. or nobody wouldn't have been in a big rush. But I go up there. I'm like, all right, I'll catch these flapjacks very poorly on these plates. <laughs> and I, mean, uh, I do that normally. I've really enjoyed that. And so people see how much fun I'm having and how much fun you're having watching me too. And they're like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. So so he sees this from where he's at. Oh, man, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, next thing you know, everybody's trying to, you know, get next. Right. And like you just said, I mean, it's just a quick little perspective change. I mean, they see you having fun playing. They see me having fun watching and directing. And they're like, you know what? This is actually fun watching them have fun. I want to also mm-hmm. have fun. Let's try but it. But that can't you be gotta, that bad. You got to break a barrier to get there, though, mm-hmm. because, you know, especially if somebody doesn't think that they're a gamer, mm-hmm. if you're like, hey, do you want to try my virtual virtual reality headset? They'll be like, oh, I uh, mean, no, I don't want to uh, be in Wally. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Riding around in my hover cart is you know yeah a thousand pounds or something so i don't know it just takes it takes one little out, why don't you yeah, yeah. well yeah, thanks it takes one little baby step but once you can warm people up to that idea they're on board totally but that really is breaking down their perception of what it means to be someone which who is plays what those jeff keely does every day and is super passionate about it so yeah it's really great too it is really great mm-hmm. video games are pretty neat yeah yeah, I, I, I really do like that it is something which I guess is true of really any art form that like really kind of simple like mass appeal stuff can totally exist, and then there's also like just different branches of like super niche stuff that can totally exist, like where you have like your super like your artsy stuff or your stuff that like essentially is a movie for lack of a better term. Metal or, Gear Solid Four. Yes, <laughs> which is 
fucking rules, it's by the way. It's just like a 40-hour-long movie. It's, you play it maybe three times. I love every second of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like, you have things that are doing like really cool like neat creative stuff and like you have like a lot of like movies that do that too like you have like your big action blockbuster flicks or your like your big like just general mass appeal stuff and then you have stuff that's kind of for lack of a better term oscar bait you know well i've got a couple examples like for I, i've been playing the game called gris yeah uh which is made by a brazilian studio i believe but they it's basically they are making this it, it's beautiful it's gorgeous it's almost like mm -hmm. a watercolor painting that's come to life uh but it's it's very simple in its gameplay in which you're just platforming you're running and jumping around like mario would on different platforms and the the premise is that the color has left the world and you are going through and bringing it back and there's no dialogue there's there's just music and visuals and it is it's already visually and emotionally pleasing it's it's great like you're already very connected to this main character that you don't know their name you don't have any sort of context other than you see the color leave and they are distraught and you are now running around and just having that connection there but then being able to to see that bring this life back in uh it's it's yeah it's something else and so having the chance to show somebody that can happen with a video game with the simple controls i mean you could just walk to the right if you want with other video games and get to the end and beat it and feel great maybe probably i'm sure there is one <laughs> without even yeah. a jump button you just walk to the right i'm mm. sure yeah i bet there is yeah um but then have, uh, having no sort of dialogue or anything or going like the, the games like the stanley parable and having every piece of your decision being narrated is is definitely a different i remember telling somebody about stanley parable it was i think it was a relative but definitely not a gamer mm -hmm. and i explained i was like this is the funniest video game i've ever played and they were like how is a vi how can a video game be funny and it was like oh yeah i i could see not understanding that yeah. you know because if you th if your picture in your head is a, a video game that's like Mario and Zelda, where Which, honestly for a lot of people that's that's kind of it. Yeah, you know? like where are the laughs? Like how how can you make that funny? Well, it's right. like well they're not making that funny. It's just there's a different way that this can go down. And I had you know I I just thought that was so novel to hear like how can a video game be funny? It's like oh yeah yeah. That's, a Honest, that's funny that that's a totally fair question. Honestly, like talking to people about video games that don't actually really have any sort of history with video games is really one of my favorite things. Because all of the stuff that they talk about is all like, first of all, super valid, like just happiness that is just like just pouring out of them from like their memories of like playing as a kid or something like that or like watching somebody play it or something like that. And it's, it's all just like really cool and like really just kind of pure and wholesome in a way. My second example yes. that I had. Sorry. No, don't don't apologize. That's all right. I would love to hear your your words spilling out of your mouth. Oh yes. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second example is actually today. Uh, I downloaded not, the not demo. Familiar with today. Today is a game made by Nintendo. Okay. It actually stars Yoshi. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I, I downloaded the Yoshi's like I think. Crafted World. Yes. Yes. Downloaded the demo. I was gonna say Wooly, but I know that's the other yes. uh, the other game for the. Wii U. 
probably. I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> the other one. Crafting World. There's a lot and, of Yoshi games. Yeah, but, there really are. And they're super cute. They're, they're really fucking cute. adorable. But that's... That, so my point is, this this game, this demo that I played, I mean, you play through the, the, the platforming that Yoshi has, and everything is very... Uh, of course, cute, but also it actually looks very cardboard cutout. It's very stylistic. Gorgeous game. But the thing is, is uh, it's a little bit of a spoiler because you download the demo, so it's not a spoiler. But I have played the demo. So. Great, because you beat, the, you go through the level and you get to the end, and then these like the three dogs come out, and then the dogs run out like they have escaped. And then the game even gives you a choice. It's like, hey, do you want to just finish the level or do you want to go find the dogs? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go do that. I'm going to find the dogs because I'm not a monster. (laughs) Poochie needs her pups back. (laughs) And so you actually start to go back through the level backwards. Yeah, and it, like, totally completely flips, too. Yes. So you, like, see, like, the back of, like, the cardboard everything. Right. Which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. It's really neat. this, like, piece, like, let's just picture a rock. And this rock is gray and it's very square. And then you see it from the backside and it just looks like a milk carton that you have nutritional facts on. Right. It's just, (laughs) like, painted over on the other side. Yeah. And it's super cool. And it's not, it's just not something that you would have expected, but it's still this old-style game. But, again, actually physical perspective, not just... Uh, mental or visual but it's it's really cool yeah i i agree my my girlfriend and i played through that because she is a big fan of all the yoshi games mm-hmm. she always has been i mean less so but i think that's just really because i've never really been as involved with the nintendo ecosystem until recently with the switch coming out but uh she she was like very into it i thought it was super fun it's a very good thing to just play with somebody especially even if it's somebody who doesn't play a whole lot of games like she does more recently she kind of got back into it once we started dating but uh and there was even a selection at the beginning of that game if you want to play normal mode or if you want to play like a light mode yeah which it was like hey this is like a chill experience and, and it's you not see as intense a lot of that stuff like coming out because i think it's good for not just like bringing more people in but also just like accessibility purposes like it's getting more people to be able to interact with your games in cool ways or be able to just straight up fucking finish them you know Mm -hmm. like celeste had that assist mode which i thought was brilliant because it didn't change the game but it let you kind of it, it gave you like a little bit of like a crutch to like help you get through it and, and it gives you even a lot of options to do you can have unlimited dashes in the right, air right or you can be like you can never take damage from anything mm-hmm. so you can just like land on the spikes and just get your bearings again and stuff. so uh a while ago i had a land event here at, at my place and uh i was showing off celeste which i was super happy about um you know i i love that game and i love to show people the games that i like and it's cool to see them like discover this stuff the same way i did <clears throat> and uh so that was great so a bunch of people played it and then um i uh, there was somebody i hadn't met before and i was like hey do you wanna do you wanna give this a shot? And she says, uh, not really. I I'm not good at these games. I'm just gonna get angry. And I was like, well, then have I got just the thing? And so I go out and I, I turn on assist mode and I show her, I'm like, hey, you've got all these options. Like if you just wanna take a breather, you can. Um, you know, if you wanna do this, that, and the other, like you can slow down time if you want. Uh, like there are all these things you can do. And so I just kind of asked her. What, what frustrates you the most about these games? And so then I tailored it to that and gave her the controller. And, uh, you know, th- th- when I first gave it to her, she died like three times. And she was like, okay, I've got about 10 more seconds playing this until I'm done. And so then I took the controller, put on assist mode, gave it back to her. And after that, she was like, oh, this is kind of cool. 
And she played for like at least 20 more minutes. It was a long time. It was a lot longer than that, actually, I think. It probably was. It was good. And uh, that was just cool because the if if those accessibility options wouldn't have been there, she would have had a bad time. That would have been the end of that period. Right. And we put a, what a, probably just put on another game, which maybe people wanted. Sorry, Jimmy. That's all right. Celeste rules. There's a lot Celeste going on. Does I love awesome. Celeste. It's a really good game. But it made it, it, it was a positive experience for everybody because there were some people that were just watching the game and... Ha- like having her be able to enjoy it meant that people continued to be able to watch it. Yeah, it's also it. crazy. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Uh, I had a friend that was watching that night as well, and he likes games. He's more of a strategy style gamer, though. He liked Crusader Kings. He liked the Europa Universalist games, mm-hmm. like very strategic tactical games. Uh, but he does really enjoy music. And while he was watching this, he he, he acknowledged, he's like, yeah, this is not a game that I would like. But I am going to go and listen to that soundtrack. The Celeste soundtrack uh, objectively Pretty fucking ball. slaps. Yes. It's really good. <laughs> it's, it's so good. That Especially is the funniest descriptor. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not, it those would not, B-sides are so good. Are you kidding me? But I would not have thought of it of slapping oh, either. It slaps. But it's fantastic. Clearly. Objectively. Clearly, you ain't bumping that shit loud enough. I am not it. bumping it <laughs> at all. <laughs> I think that's like an interesting thing to bring up, though. Like, uh, I think. Games are a lot more complex than they used to be. And a lot of people, um, I think I might be just in my mind stereotyping the typical non-gamer as somebody older, just because a lot of people our age grew up with games and a lot more people nowadays consider themselves to be gamers and play play video games all the time. We can program the VCR. Essentially, yeah. But like they take a look at it and they're just like, they remember Super Mario Brothers for like the NES. Very simple get to the end of the stage, jump over, save the princess, fight Bowser. Like, it's very all outlined. It's very simple. And then you look at stuff like like new stuff that comes out. Like, I guess Devil May Cry 5 is kind of on my mind. That game looks incredibly complex, but there's a lot of, and this probably isn't a great example, but there's a lot of accessibility options in like more modern games today that kind of help kind of ease the transition for people wanting to kind of get back into that. And like your case with, that girl playing Celeste, like sometimes just looking at it, it feels very overwhelming. But once you like put it in their hands and like sometimes have to like tailor the experience for them, which is totally fine, then they realize just kind of how cool and magical it can be. Mm-hmm. Like I am a firm believer of playing the Wolfenstein games on easy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're very fun if you have to like struggle your way through them because that's not the kind of experience that, that is like kind of driving at, you know? And like, uh, I watched a friend play Horizon Zero Dawn and he mm. had it on easy and I was like, I like everything about this game, except it seems like nothing is a threat ever. And he's like, well, I'd put it on easy cause I just care about the story yeah. and that and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess you're right. Totally fine. Like a friend of mine is, has been coming over to my place for the past few months now to just like piecemeal play through Persona 5. And that's like kind of our thing. Yeah. It's- so when are you moving in? Cause that's a long game. <laughs> Uh, she's almost done with it, actually, because uh, we've been hanging out. It's like our like excuse for like hanging out with each other. Essentially, it's like this like cool like good friend bonding time. But I mean, hey, so once you're much like a it. podcast. Ooh, what do you know? Ooh. Um, we uh, like it, it's just really cool. Like she was like, I'm gonna set it on easy because I just like want to hear want to see the story, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I like I played it on normal the first time through because has enough of a challenge like it's a jrpg i like the grind a little bit and like that's totally not for everybody and then you played it on hard and then you played it on very hard oh, and no, you I played d- it on easy again i didn't do that and then you played it in japanese 
on easy and medium and hard. <laughs> a thousand hours put into it. Uh, my second playthrough I actually played on safe difficulty, which Ooh. is the easiest, where if you die in any fight, just like, you want to try that again? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I also was just like trying to check off all the lists to get the platinum trophy because I'm a fucking madman. It's a wonderful game. It's so good. It's so good. Those games are so good. So I like that those games have accessibility options, but that they don't just make the game easy, period. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, not every game needs to be easy. Like, even, like, Darkest Dungeon, that is a game that is intentionally supposed to be difficult, like, no matter what. It mm-hmm. is, like, being difficult is the core of that game. So if they had, like, I, I mean, I played on the normal difficulty. Judging by what I read, the easy difficulty is not easy. It's just easier than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, like, a game like that, it's important to have that difficulty. But you can choose how hard you want to make it. Um, but, you know, like, Celeste... That could have been a perfectly fine game on its own. But like that example I used earlier about the ramp and the stairs, if you prepare for, like if you build the game with the ramp, then everybody can be happy. You know, you don't have to build a bunch of sets of stairs, like or stairs and a ramp. If you just build the ramp, everybody can enjoy it. Right. And so like having options, even in like Horizon Zero Dawn, I watched my girlfriend play that uh, and I was like, sweet, this, this is really cool because I can see that you're enjoying it. And you're the one playing, so really that's mm-hmm. the only thing that matters. That's actually why I really like, I, I don't have the example of the games, but there have been other games in which they do have difficulty options. And instead of it saying just flat out easy, normal, hard, it says something like, hey, here's mode number one, two, and three. And if you go down to number two, it says something like... Um, Get out of here, Siri. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, come on. That is, I didn't even know Siri was on my phone. I've never seen that before. Uh, but so like uh, option number two for difficulty would say something like, this is how the developers have created the game that we would, this is the experience we would hope to give. Yeah, you, you see that a whole lot more recently, but I then, feel like, like. Option number one could be like, this is still something that we're, the experience that you can have if you want to enjoy the story. Or this is an experience if you're looking for a challenge. And I think that that's really cool instead of just easy, normal, and hard because that's opinionated. That's yeah. not the same for everybody. For sure. that's It's incredibly subjective and right. kind of annoying. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think uh, we've been talking about this for about an hour. And I think at the interest of trying to not just talk in circles endlessly, uh, I think we'll go ahead and just call it so I think shortly. I might have a question for everybody then. Yeah, I mean, if, if we if they do happen to listen to this podcast, I mean, what are some please, thoughts please that please listen to it? But if you have <laughs> thoughts on maybe your view or what got you into gaming or even what brought you here, or how you got here and, you know, what kind of things you've seen or you know anything. Really I'd be, about I'd the be really interested in hearing stories of like maybe like stereotypically like parents checking it out and like oh i didn't understand that i would like be so into this you mm-hmm. know like i think that stuff is always really interesting to hear too it's like so. i got into it from my mom having gradius and yeah. she would ask me for help mm-hmm. and hmm. yeah. play gradius and like, lunch for me it was just like all my friends did and i'm like this looks cool and then here i am mm-hmm. and i never stopped right <laughs> yeah so so yeah yeah thanks i want to hear it yeah i think that would be really great uh go ahead and hit us up uh and uh, we'll see you next time. Cool. Challenge mode.